Hello and welcome back to Melody, a Dream SMP podcast. This is episode 7 and today we're talking about the recent cookie egg post conflict, Tommy kidnapping someone for the third time and how Fanon can sometimes overshadow canon. As always, we'll mostly be referring to the characters by name and specifying when we're talking about the writers. And we're also more interested in analyzing the characters meaning we might get a bit critical of your personal favorite, so don't take it too personally. Uh okay so we were originally thinking of recording yesterday but today we pushed it back cuz no the war had really happened and now today is Friday and the war did happen today so that was good. Yeah, we got Tubbo and <laughs> We got Tubbo and Rambo and Foolish and uh, some quackity stuff and it sounds Tommy. like Rambo's going to do a lore stream. Yeah, Tommy too. I don't know what Tommy got up to though. other than talking to Quackity and building a railroad. He's building a free railroad uh, and Tommy kidnapped someone. Did you just say he kidnapped someone? Tommy kidnapped. Yeah, he kidnapped. Who someone. Kidnapped. and why? Uh slime. Oh no. To get his uh slime. shovel what's it called Linda I think back from foolish. Yeah, for Linda. Oh. Yeah, so what happened was he came over and he demanded that they give him Linda back from the gambling mm. machine. Uh and Foolish has Linda and so uh Slime was sliming about and he coughed up a big slime block <laughs> and Tommy took it and he uh he and a slime ball and so that's about 33% of himself. <laughs> so Tommy has that and he can't go away from it because Slime is like attracted to the rest of himself. So Tommy took him a uh, prisoner. <laughs> he tried to teach him about betrayal. I don't think he's betraying, but uh yeah, he's stuck with Tommy. Can't leave. Well, that's um it should be as funny as well. it is, but it's hilarious. It's very funny. It's not much it's not too much of a surprise. It's not going to end well. Not too. That much. probably means uh-huh. he knows wherever Fundy goes. <laughs> Yes, but whenever but everything yeah. bad that happens on the server is definitely dreams fall and definitely not anyone else's and no conflict <laughs> ever arises without dreams interference. <laughs> I love how much has happened since he's gone in prison and people still are like, "So, you're telling me if Dream couldn't do anything, the server would be at peace?" It's like I didn't realize this was peace. Uh, like it's definitely Like, I feel like a lot of people in the fandom the who have that opinion probably don't know that much about, you know, like before Lamanberg was a thing cuz yeah, yeah, that was relatively peaceful. I mean, at least as peaceful as like the literally... start of season 3 minus the egg. One one thing that's was. crazy to me is um Dream and like people say that Dream and Tommy have always been enemies, but they really mm. haven't. Like if you go back and look during the uh Pogtopia time, like early on during it, honest. for the longest Dream is like a hardcore yeah. ally and like he fights with them. The reason the Eiffel Tower got destroyed because Dream was avenging Tommy cow yeah. Henry who was killed by Sapnap. Mm-hmm. Like they they fought together the battle of the lake or tower whichever one you want to there was an argument about that um but like it's not they haven't always been enemies and mm-hmm. even before lamanberg with the disc war it was still lighthearted like sure they were like oh my god i hate you but also they weren't like oh my they went, gosh i like, hate this they made dude. church like, prime being. like they still like they yeah. chilled out together yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 
They were friends. I feel like before, like, like Lamanberg was what was the first really dividing conflict. Yeah. Because before, even if there was a conflict, it was still like assumed that y'all were chill. <laughs> After the conflict, everyone just goes to hang out at a uh, beach party. <laughs> yeah. Something that people don't <laughs> get is like, really yeah, if Dream hadn't gotten involved, maybe things would have been less bad. It wouldn't have been as chaotic, maybe. But that doesn't mean that everything would have just been peaceful because, like, it's not mm. not everything is Dream's fault, but I not everything like is everyone Dream else's fault. Didn't get involved, uh, there wouldn't be that central like leader, and it'd be more like everything's under this. But conflict and stuff would s- still happen. I mean, the whole it, people always quote um the the corrupt a uh, police force as being the reason that um Lamanberg was made. Dream wasn't even there for that. Hmm. Like that was just Sapnap and Taboo. Yeah. Saying that if Dream hadn't declared war against the Memberg, everything would just be fine when, like, we know that the reason that Wilbur made the Memberg was basically just to stick it and we Dream, and we know that they would have, like, kept expanding. Yeah. So if it wasn't Dream, he went against them, someone else inevitably would have. Yeah. Yep. Like Sapnap. I think puns. Was also the one who signed the uh, Declaration of War. Yeah, Dream, Sapnap, and Puns were the ones who signed the Declaration of War. So if Dream didn't do anything, someone else would have. Yeah. How much Sapnap would have gone against Lamanberg is something I'm very curious about because I've been talking about Sapnap a lot recently because um, of some old lore transcripts. <laughs> Those old lore transcripts that came back from. Um, uh, when George was dethroned and Sapnap jumps to I will shoot him for you, George which, Jesus Christ, dude but also, apparently at the beginning when Lemanberg was made he wanted to be in Lemanberg but they told him no because he was American <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> yeah, curious, like, it sounds yeah, it sounds like he would've gone for it and gone with it if it wasn't for the fact that they told him no because he was American and so it makes me curious if mm. if he would have if that would have like made him be like well fuck you guys I'm gonna like ruin your nation blah 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 you can't do this or would he have just been like well they're assholes but okay <laughs> it's kind of interesting to imagine like a different version of the dream SMP war where it's like dream ended up not getting involved but Tubbo never got involved in the Manberg so you've got like Sapnap and Tubbo being the ones who are against it. I think if Lemanberg never had that rule where only British people. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Exclusivity, sort of like banning people from mm-hmm. within Lemanberg that aren't British or European, then it, I don't think it would have been a problem because no one ca- no one on the server cares where you build. Or at least back then, no one cared where you built as long as it wasn't on top of someone else's land and <laughs> you weren't a dick about it. Yeah. And Lemanberg was, was both a those dick things. Lemanberg <laughs> <laughs> was both those mm-hmm. things because it wasn't just, it would, it would be one thing if they were like, you know, they were like puns and they built this big, like, because puns' area was bigger than Lemanberg with his um, his tower and that big It's also when people bring it up as like a, oh, puns had a way larger area. Why didn't Dream get annoyed about that? Because. Because Puns wasn't saying, oh, you can't come in here unless you sp- fulfill 
specific requirements that I've decided on. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so if Lamanberg wouldn't have had a problem if they had been more like puns, but no, they decided they were like, no, we're gonna form a nation with our own laws, then we don't have to follow the laws outside of it, and we can decide who comes in and out, and anybody who we say no to is basically just a disbarred uh, band. Mm. And so yeah. that's like, it's different. I think it's just Lamanberg. I think Wilbur puts it best when the fact uh, when you're comparing it because puns made a home on Dream Server. Lamanberg and Wilbur were trying to make a server on Dream Server, which is very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because Wilbur himself said that like uh, Lamanberg's gonna basically be our own SMP. Except we're not going to have to pay for the upkeep because we're just going to put it on someone else's SMP. And that's... I mean, that's just rude. Yeah, that is just so <laughs> rude. That's just it's, that's just kind of messed up. And, um... Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> that's messed up. Okay, so let's actually let's talk about the actual lore that happened because... Uh, I think most of us are like at least somewhat caught up. Like it did just happen, so not all of us are. And we might record more stuff. Yeah. Um, Has more lore comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Once we've had like a bit more time, I suppose. Yeah, I was actually gonna draw a comparison between the Lamanberg walls and how that kind of went to what happened today with Tubbo and Quackity. Because mm. there's a lot of I don't know if it's parallels, but there's a lot of um, similarities, at least in their discussion of what it, what land is mine and like who has a right to what land and what they do with it, mm. because Quackity kept. God, I hate talking about Quackity's arguments because he always makes me angry. Although today I think he had the most reasonable ex, he had the most reasonable concerns. It's just the way he presented them were shit. By the <laughs> end of it, they realized that it was almost definitely a military outpost, yeah. like. Foolish was like, oh yeah, by the way, I went and looked, and they had like, like five stacks of gunpowder, <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Hmm. And then Tubble was like, what if it is a military outpost? Yeah. And they were like, okay. Like, I- <laughs> you see, here's the problem. Girl Scouts typically don't make fortresses. Yeah. Qu- Quackity had very reasonable concerns because, yes, so why there and right in front of their land sure that's a little weird the fact that it's a cookie shop and i'm gonna put those in heavy quotation marks because it looks like a castle even if it is a cookie shop and maybe that's just their aesthetic but that like that it's more it looks like a military outpost it's made by someone who canonically has nuclear weapons and is very (laughs) rich and probably very well armed and so, like, that's all reasonable concerns, yes, to the safety of the country, even if he does trust Tubbo mm-hmm. not to be someone who's going to attack him. But also, there's the concern of, like, I have people on my left, on my right, and now the only way I can go now is back because you've just settled in front of me and I can't go forward. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. it's very reasonable concerns, mm-hmm. but the way he argued it most of the time was shit. Because he kept just saying, well, like, mm-hmm. why didn't you ask me for permission? Or, like, ask me, like, if you could settle there. Or, like, I don't approve of you being there. So I'm going to take it down. It's like, Quackity, you don't own that piece of land. 
anyone can settle there. If you have a concern about someone settling yeah. there, that's reasonable and you can bring that up to them because I'm sure Tubbo would listen to you if you were being reasonable about it. But you're acting like you own the piece of land that Tubbo is settling on and so it's your decision mm. what he does with it, which is and not Tubbo the basically case. basically kept um, trying to like negotiate and say like, well, where does your land end? Where can we stop? Know where to stop. Yeah. And it's crockety. If I haven't seen the stream yet, but judging from what he did with Wilbur, he probably did not have an answer for that. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, um, him, him and Tubbo kind of go over it. Yeah, Tubbo kept trying to say like, okay, can we get pre can we get defined uh, borders? And uh, Quackity was like, well, mm, I don't think so. I mean, okay, there is one offer that Quackity made that I feel like was the most reasonable with what Tubbo was trying to push and what Quackity was trying to push that um Tubbo his cookie shop in heavy quotation marks becomes an um an embassy yeah. and so they can still build in that direction but that'll just that will be under Snowchester rule because Tubbo kept saying it's an extension mm. of Snowchester and then he was like okay your cookie shop can um be under Snowchester rule but we can still like, like, why does a cookie shop need to own land? Right. And I think, I think that... <laughs> Which I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I feel like the embassy, the embassy offer made sense. Because it was kind of like, well, you can keep your piece of land and that's it. And then we'll build around it, so to speak. Which seems reasonable. And honestly, that's probably what should reasonably happen. Because, like... Outside of the walls I mean, that Tubbo you know, says, it's not his land either. So Quackity has free reign for it. I don't think that Quackity can be like, well, we'll make it an embassy, but I'm going to destroy the wall that you've just built, and that will be, like the original piece will be your embassy. He's like Quackity doesn't have a claim to that land yet, so mm. Tubbo can set his wall and his borders, and that can become his embassy if he needs it to be. But like. There's got it. There, there was like a level of compromise there that could be done, but they just didn't get to. Mm. Like, I feel like Tubbo's. <laughs> yeah, I feel okay. Uh, one thing, like at the beginning of their negotiations, all Quackity really was asking for was that Tubbo takes down the wall that they put like directly up against Las Nevadas. It wasn't. It's not as that and close I feel like, though. I get what. Yeah, it's, it's close yeah but it's, it's not, not that close but they were like why are you pointing a wall directly at us and then because i mean it is fair to be like why would they build that because earlier they were like hey what's this <laughs> thing that you built and he was like oh it's a gas cannon and he's like oh you built a gas cannon pointed sort of at us and they're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay. I wouldn't trust Tubbo either, because Tubbo's, Tubbo's kind of a loose cannon at the best of times. And, like, I Trigger get... fingers. Haha, <laughs> but I'm tiss. <laughs> and the wall was definitely, like, a concern. I totally get that. But then also Tubbo immediately said when they asked about it, he was like, well, I was... I'm not building towards you anymore. This is as far out as I was going. I'm going backwards now to build farmland. And Quackity just kind of, like either didn't hear it or didn't understand it because at one point they started like negotiating for like which way the wall would go afterwards and it Tubbo was like yeah that was where i was planning to send it anyways and so it was just like a weird mix of like the two of them arguing in circles and then saying and after they argue then uh mm. yeah it was like it was them like arguing and like kind of agreeing but at the same time being unable to agree 
Yeah, their argument, their argument was like, I agree with you, but also I don't agree <laughs> yeah. with you. It's like, okay. I feel like Tubbo saying like, well, I feel like the river is a good border is honestly kind of reason, or at least a, a good border for like where Lost Nevadas ends and begins is honestly kind of a good boundary because a lot of like real world boundaries are set mm. around like actual landmarks. And so like a river would be perfect for that kind of thing. Not that that's always the case. So like they have built over the yeah river. I feel like <laughs> it's gone now I feel like at least where like the wall facing Las Nevadas was that like sort of um, ford or river right there would be a good boundary between like Las Nevadas and the cookie shop and then mm. after like where that wall ends where where Tubbo's wall ends and then go straight backwards I feel like everything on that other side that's towards Las Nevadas they could have just claimed and just been like like i feel like this could have just been a non-issue it was like yeah keep an eye on the wall but we don't have to like order them to take it down once we figure out which way they're going with it like mm. it could have just been a non-argument and it didn't have to keep going like that but quackity's very um he feels he's what shall i say <laughs> he's very touchy i think he was arguing on principle like like it felt like he was being threatened um, I was saying that I think with Quackity and Tubbo, like, they have these very differing opinions on walls. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Quackity sees walls more as threats. Uh, AK, look at his last interaction when someone built walls, which was Dream, <laughs> and how that ended. And Tubbo sees them as ways of protection. Yeah. A la the, I have no idea yeah. if I use that right. The first walls for Lamanberg. Yes. There's definitely a difference in opinion there. And his walls for Snowchester. Yeah. Tubbo. Like for Quackity, building walls is an active thing. It's it's you're you're making a statement when you build them. Right. I think Tubbo even says he's like I'm building walls to defend myself. That kind of gets back to when he first got involved with Lamanberg, because his entire point was that he disagreed with the walls. He disagreed with the whole Lamanberg thing of excluding certain people. Yeah. So I think he's always had more negative opinions on walls, while Tubbo has had more positive associations. <laughs> and this sort of like brings this uh, back to the argument he had with Tommy when Tommy was building his little stone railway, where uh, Tommy is upset at Quackity for ex essentially excluding Wilbur from joining his country, and Will. Uh, and Quackity argues to Tommy that, well, he's just doing the same thing Wilbur did to him way back when. Yeah. And Tommy's mm -hmm. argument is that you shouldn't exclude people no matter what. And that they- and that Wilbur's changed so that you- he should include him. And <laughs> Quackity says- gives the argument of, well, imagine- imagine if Dream got out of prison and he said he wanted to join your country. Would you let him in? And that is just- such a good i'm i know we've been like harping on his argument but that is such a good comparison to make mm -hmm. to prove the point he wants to I make i think like, it's it's something that i've used before just like in discussing and also people like if if you switch the names around is your argument still good like right. exactly um here's when i heard so recently like if you're talking about technoblades execution if you switch the words around to Tubbo's execution, like switch around the names, does your argument still make sense? Because both of those are situations where characters were pressured into doing something that ultimately they didn't really want to do. Yeah. Mm. 
uh, another situation I, that I would use it myself with is when people try and compare uh, the exile arc with the prison arc. Mm, because, like, yeah. guys, guys, <laughs> like, you, people treat them so differently sometimes. Yeah. It's like, if yeah. I switch, like, if I switch Dream for Tommy, I switched Sam or Quackity for Dream, you would absolutely agree with me. Like, you would absolutely disagree with yourself. Right. On that. <laughs> Although if I see you- Like imagine yeah. imagine somebody saying something like, Oh, it's such a pity, like Dream is being traumatized by having to look after Tommy in exile. Like he doesn't want to do it, but he feels like he has a responsibility and that means he should be totally excused of everything bad that he does to Tommy. Like obviously that's like a really terrible thing to say. Yeah. But people will say that about Sam and Dream. Although if I see yeah. if I see one more person say that Dream, uh, Dream was torturing Tommy in exile, I might throw a fucking fit. Dream <laughs> is traumatizing Sam in the prison, guys. Uh, I felt the need to tell you all this. Sunny, Sunny, no, <laughs> you can't do this. Sunny, no. Sam doesn't want to. Sam is being. Tra- he's literally Dream is manipulating. I also Sam. hate the the. Sunny, <laughs> I hate the take that people make of like, well, he's a I bad person, so, so he can't Sam. be sad. Or traumatized like no you but no <laughs> if anything most think, like it happened guys if you've ever been bad you know, i think it might i think it actually no came up in the first episode but the fact that some people will look at um dream's character and wilbur's character and go like oh and actually i think it came up earlier but they'll look at these characters and go like oh these are characters who abuse manipulation obviously everything that they do ever is obviously manipulation even though that's not how people work yeah. I mean, Wilbur's getting pretty close to that limit, but... <laughs> uh, I think the other example like, that made me think of it in the first place is the whole thing with um, Wilbur lying in his letters to Phil. Oh, mm. yeah. Because, like, that makes sense with what we know this kind of... That's not really, like, active yeah. manipulation. That's kind of just, like, lying. Right. <laughs> like, he's not doing it... He wasn't doing it out of malice. He was doing it for, like, yeah. other reasons. Right. Yeah. And like in your exact opinion on what those reasons are is gonna like it's gonna depend on how you interpret those characters, but I don't think it was something malicious. Like it's not exactly hurting anyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's just Well it hurt himself in the end, but there's a lot of the uh I don't know, there's a there's a lot of accidental hypocrisy in the fandom. Which is a, a bit harsh, but it's very true because there's a lot of people and there's so much hypocrisy. And it's totally understandable because like everyone's gonna be biased towards the character that they care about the most. I like, think that's cl- and also I think like nobody has a full picture of the real war. Like even yeah. if you're crying, it's still yeah. gonna miss that. Somebody who's like favorite character, I think I think you probably see it a lot with Dream's character because he doesn't have a point of view. So when you're looking for his war, it's a lot more spread out on different streams. Mm. Yeah, and I think. That contributes a lot to people misunderstanding him. Because if you specifically like his character, and you're looking at like every piece of war you can get about him, then you're gonna have a better understanding of his character than someone who doesn't like him as much and only maybe sees him when he comes up in the pe- streams of people that they watch. Right. Mm. So someone who let's say watches Tommy is less likely to see let's say any of his conversations with Punk. Yeah. So they're not gonna have the same understanding of him as someone who's really interested in his character will. And the same goes for any character where if you, there might be like some vital piece of lore 
that you've missed because you're not watching like every bit of content with them that you can. Right. So I think people yeah. would, if your favorite character is a character, a certain character, you'll probably have a better understanding of their lore. And you might not have like the best interpretation of that lore as we've seen sometimes with uh, Rondo apologists. I say it's a Rondo <laughs> apologist. Um, well, you can you can even see it with um, dream apologists because there's plenty of people, and I've fallen prey to this myself. Where if um, there's a lot of people, I think who their favorite character, and I've I've been talking about this recently. Um, the character that you are most attached to, a lot of people tend to woobify them, or like, mm. and make, honestly, like sometimes <sighs> it's like it's it's for purposes of fan fiction, it's for purposes of right. Fans. But it's important yeah. to like set that aside when you're doing analysis. Yeah, yeah. Because like I can, <laughs> you can make like okay, so like Dream in the Prison, for example, like you can make that the angstiest crap you've ever seen. You can do the same thing with Tommy in Exile. You can make it so you can make it so much worse than it was in actuality, and yeah. that's cool for fanfic and art because the there's torture? so much creativity there that you can. There's so much left to, mm. especially with Dream, because we don't see a lot what happens in the prison. There's so much potential there for like such terrible, terrible things, but you have to when you're actually talking about lore, you have to stick to what is canonically shown. So I think there's a, yeah. there's a similar thing with uh, Andrew from Rondo yeah. because there's this very, very strong like fan inversion of him yeah going from people wanting to write angst about him like killing Tobo and michael and there's sort of a, almost this problem where people are seeing that version of ender walking Ronbu instead yeah. of like his canon version the one we've actually seen on stream which is yeah. definitely a lot more of like a troublemaker and the kind of guy who's really good at persuading people right make yeah <laughs> like the thing with fandom is that eventually some fandom idea or concept of a character becomes so widely known or so popular that you start mixing up what's canon and what's fanon and you don't yes. really recognize that and that it harms your analysis and it because harms your interpretation of the like character. Danny Phantom Danny Phantom fandom where they just like completely made up a character and have so much content that when you're first getting into it like you genuinely think that this is a real character that shows up yeah. in the show because he's so ubiquitous in fan work and it's only later that you realize oh this guy is actually just completely made up right so stuff like that does happen quite a bit Sunny what were you saying yeah I think one of the um most the as a dream apologist one of the most prevalent things is um people act like post prison he would be a better person and yeah. I, I've like gone into it before um, but he, he absolutely wouldn't be like there's nothing with my own in writing, the prison that would enforce best, his um I'm like uh, not writing like a specific A or something I kind of go with the interpretation like he's still gonna be kind of a jerk yeah like he's probably gonna be a bit less of a jerk because obviously he's just been tortured he doesn't exactly have much energy for anything but he's still gonna yeah. be kind of a jerk yeah, I think he's, he's gonna be a jerk, but with no energy I to think, be too um, jerkish. It, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I think and it's then you can get on the like, healing stuff, but initially he's gotta be a bit of a jerk. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think it'd be more of a he, he he like can't let go of the way he thought about stuff because if he mm. does, then that means that a lot of things he did like he's like okay, well I did all this bad stuff, but I did it 
to make the server better ends justify mm -hmm. the means yeah. so but if he ever tries to stop reaching the ends that means that it wasn't that important and that means the means that he got to it that was just him being a right. bad person and yeah. everything that happened in prison was deserved yeah. and right and so he's like no i actually cannot. after prison i'm pretty sure it's either gonna be he's gonna hulker down on his own beliefs of ends justify the means because obviously what they like and he's just gonna hulker down on that mm. kind of principle and it, it's gonna get worse because he's gonna be like well if ends justify the means mm -hmm. and all of this shit was done to me then fuck it i guess i can do whatever i want or yeah, he's gonna like, maybe come to a realization making, that they're actively like making the situation worse because once he gets out of his prison like his standard for like reasonable behavior has gonna like lowered being lowered a lot it's like a isn't his thing that he copies what people does? Yeah. There, there has yeah. been a trend of that just a little bit of him <laughs> no. sort of learning from other people around him. But I don't... See, even no, that, it's no, like... No, 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 like, uh, manipulates Tommy. Dean manipulates Tommy. Wilbur blows up Lamberg. Dean blows up Lamberg. He sees oh, what well, other he people... didn't do it the first the time, but that was more Eric, so I'm not going to count that. Eric was the one who made the TNT. <laughs> he sees what mm. other people... Do, and he just finds a way to try and do it better to fit his purposes. Yeah, he finds yeah. the more effective method. He takes he tries what to people does and he uses it to his advantage. Like, um, one of the reasons that Tobo, that um, Tommy wasn't as bad after Wilbur and Pacopia is because he had like a support network. He had Tobo, he had friends. So when Dream went after him, he wanted to isolate him with exile. Right. Yeah. So he was basically getting what Wilbur had already done and going, how can I improve on this, basically? Like, yeah. How can I do yeah. this, but better? I think Dream's... Exile him, but without his friends this time. I think Dream's strength is that he's not... Everyone says he's a master manipulator, which he's he's good at it, okay? He's but he's not a master of it. Wilbur's he's a, a master player. manipulator. I think, you know, he's a he's strategist. Like... He... I think yep, with that's Green, his thing. If you look the category at puns... of like manipulative characters, if they're really good at manipulation, then they tend to, you know, sometimes fool the audience too, like you see sometimes with Wilbur's character. Yep. And with Dream's character, it's more like it's a type of character where they're manipulative, but it's to somebody and it's a similar thing with Quackity, it's to somebody who's already in a bad place so it can be effective and like not seem like a character just being stupid but yeah. it's still visible to the audience i think the other thing is that he yeah. uh i think that um dream is a chess the the comparison that i agree most with is dream is a chess player and wilbur is a cards player like cards is all about the psychological like holding your face and like mm tricking people and stuff like that manipulation like classic chess is more about like pretending you have false confidence and whatever happens on the board you mm. use that to yeah. your and forcing your opponent into a situation where they have limited choice yeah yeah Which is sort of what happened yeah with the exile concept for one thing dream like dreams dreams method of manipulation is i think very different from wilbur's because he doesn't take what people believe and try and change it 
he t sees opportunities in front of him and he uses them to advance his thing. So he doesn't make people think he's the hero when he's clearly the bad guy. He sees that people think he's the bad guy and he goes all in for it and enforces that to get to the goal he wants. So he he's very much a chess yeah. player. He watches the other player to see what opportunities they present and then he takes advantage of them as is strategic for him. Like he's he's very much a strategist. Then I I'd, I'd always like to call him like a master strategist over a master manipulator because he's not like I don't think manipulation isn't his like as as somebody who attends to like yeah. manipulative villains like he is not good as like a manipulation villain yeah he's yeah. like and honestly it's just like it's almost like a pet peeve of mine when a character the villains who are meant to be manipulators are just bad at it. <laughs> It's like, I'm still going at them like, I, that's so dumb. Why would you let them talk to that person? Why would you leave them alone? Why would you let them do that without, without being there so you can affect their perception of that event? Why would you do that? Yeah. It's so dumb. I'm like, there is like, one thing. I do not um, like stupid villains, okay? I want to be smart. And part of the reason I like Queen's character because he is smart, except when he's acting on impulse and emotion. Mm. For Dream, a lot of the things that people call manipulation, like example, him making the deal with Aerith, it's just him being smart. Yeah. Like his thing is just, he's just smart with his actions. Like he he realizes that Aerith has this huge castle, but no title. So that means nothing. And he's like, well, you're going to, you can either live in this little tiny land or here's my offer. You betray them and you can have, you can have a title can be king you can get as big of a castle as you want which is ironic considering he wouldn't have stopped him before yeah like, he 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 isn't manipulative he's just that smart. was a bribe yeah. that was that was a yeah, thing of Aerith that's a, a straight up bribe Aerith, yeah it was it was a bribe Aerith anytime Aerith ever says that dream manipulated him into betraying the country it wasn't manipulation dumbass it was you being offered something and you taking it but <laughs> It's also interesting because his... You can look back at the stuff and he's like, yes, I'm so happy about this. Exactly. This awesome. <laughs> and then, like, really, Dream act asks him if he regrets it and he's like, absolutely not. Yeah, he doesn't regret absolutely it until he not. doesn't have any friends anymore. Um, <laughs> but to bring it back to, like, stuff that happened recently, like, Dream's method of manipulation of like taking of seeing opportunities and taking advantage of them to get what he wants is different from Wilbur and it's also different from Quackity cuz Quackity doesn't mm. Quackity I think Quackity is more similar to Wilbur. I also think Quackity's shit at manipulation and that the plot tends to fold itself to fitting what Quackity wants the plot to be more often than less. But I will say at least with like with the Lost Nevada's crew, he he sees an opportunity because he can analyze what these people mm. are like and he's like, okay, mm. I can make this something to my advantage. It's not like the opportunity presents he itself. He either offers them something that they want or he makes it so that he's able to offer something that they want. Exactly. So he, mm. he, he does a very good job, I think, of picking out which people to target this for. Even though at first glance yeah. it doesn't seem like they're the right choices, but like Fundy's whole thing ha for forever has been the fact that he wants acceptance, he wants a family, he wants someone to Validation. be proud of him, he wants to be validated. Yes, exactly. Purple's thing 
is probably the shiftiest because we don't know shit about purple because he just disappeared off in the woods <laughs> but i mean it works clearly because purple's with them now and so it's like we the the idea the he forces purple into a situation and then talks at him enough where purple's like i guess i mm. can see your point of view yeah i agree with you foolish mm. i don't know how the foolish thing worked out because that does not make sense to me i cause... think it might have worked because of like the the red vanquish and him dying there i think that's definitely a factor yeah mm. and sort of the fact that property revealed that he like chose to do that and which might yeah. not seem like the kind of thing that would get someone on your mind but it's sort of he's sort of especially with how foolish is sort of like so disturbed by the fact that he actually died there right mm. it's sort of showing that he has power essentially yeah quackity is very good at making people believe him even if his arguments aren't the most logical because yeah. people he's aren't logical. He's not working on logic. He's working on emotion. Yeah, because people. Yeah, he he's appealing to their emotional side. Yeah. Like with purpled, I think his thing is that he does not want to be forgotten. He does not want to turn to dust. Right. He wants people to remember him. Exactly. He wants to make a legacy. Yeah. So so Quackity mm-hmm. does a really good job of picking out his victims, but um, he he makes the opportunities for himself, whereas dream finds opportunities and takes advantage of them and then i don't know what the fuck wilbur does wilbur's just a wilbur is like the chief manipulator like the master manipulator of the entire server he's like the only one i think and it only fell apart on him when he started falling apart and he was gone to not i think if he had narrative when where he and Tommy were the good guys. Yeah. Where everyone who went against them were the bad guys. And then when mm-hmm. that sort of got turned on its head and he couldn't justify being the good guy to himself anymore, he sort of started to spiral. I think if he hadn't yeah. died, then like his relationship with a lot of people, it would probably still be bad, like with Fundy. But his relationship with Nikki would be totally fine if he was still alive because I'm sure that he would have found a way to I'm just going to say this quickly because I'm a bit low on time. One of the things that I like about the villains on the Dream SMP is that they all have some sort of goal or like motive that that's relatable, I think, to most people. Right. Like uh, even when their methods are very obviously not relatable, <laughs> there's yeah. the sort of driving force behind them is something a lot of people can relate to. Like obviously with Dream, you've got the one of just wanting that's conflict of wanting his family back um and i think with, and quackity is very much motivated by fear right but with wilbur i think it's a kind of similar to purple actually in the fact that he wants a legacy he wants to be remembered he wants to leave an impact on the world yeah like he doesn't want to be forgotten yeah and that's sort of what drives his actions and I mean, I don't know about him now that he's revived, but at least for like the first part of his story, it dro- that drove his actions to the point that I think one of the reasons that he committed suicide was almost so that he would be remembered as this figure who left such a huge impact on the Manberg. Mm. Instead he wanted of the destruction to be the last thing he founder. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to be remembered for the destruction, and if he had survived it, then he probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't have left that impact. 
Welcome back, everyone. Buckle up, because it's time again for the weekly Mellow High Spotlight. As you may or may not know, every week on the Mellow High podcast, we like to highlight a content creator from the Dream SMP community. That includes every kind of content creator, from artists to writers and analysts to streamers. We know that a huge part of this community is based around the talented individuals we have in it that create these amazing creative projects that further enhance the world of the Dream SMP for those who watch it. And this week, our spotlight is falling on an amazing artist named Nora Nicolette. Uh, and when I say amazing, I mean amazing. Like, oh my god, someone help. Nora mostly does character portraits of different SMP characters, and they are absolutely stunning. She puts this amazing amount of detail and personality into each portrait, and I... Honestly, I've, I was really trying to figure out how I could describe this all to you, but they just leave me speechless and I can't find words to describe how beautiful they all are. Her techno Wilbur and Phil portraits make me feel like they're about to murder me and I would have to thank them for it. Not to mention the dream portrait or, oh my god, the, the Jack Manifold and the Nikki portraits just have so much personality in them and they just, ah oh my god. Every portrait has these really interesting character designs and this just atmosphere around them that can magnify them off the screen and they leave me speechless every time. You can check out Nora on Twitter and Instagram at Nora Nicoletta, spelled N-O-R-A-N-I-K-O-L-E-T-T-A. I beg for you to drop them a follow, but the art is honestly so good that I shouldn't even have to. Thanks for dropping in and I'll see you next week and back to the episode. All right, so we're back on Saturday. Uh, the first part of the podcast was recorded on Friday Woo. because we wanted to have a bit more time to look over the lore and to see what happened after with uh, Ranboo's lore. Because, yeah, who all did mm-hmm. a stream after that? It was Ramboo and Quackity did, like, an Quackity, yeah, Quackity did. Quackity did it on his alt stream. Yeah, I didn't watch his but i think he mostly was talking to rambu during it anyways so it wasn't too big a yeah. deal there were a few parts i believe um that they, they weren't in vc together so mm-hmm. rambu was just watching as quackity walked over and looked down on them and walked back and i think he might have had a conversation or two with foolish yeah that, i think uh, you kind of split it up into a few portions like you got the first part which was tobo and Ranbu arguing with Quackity. Mm-hmm. Then later on, you had Tommy show up and kidnap Slime. <laughs> and then after that, you had Ronbu coming back to Las Nevadas and arguing with Quackity again. Woo. Yep. And then Quackity talked a bit with about his plans with the rest of the Las Nevadas crew. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the basic summary. Yeah, I know during Quackity's stream, after he stopped talking with Rambu, he, Foolish, and I think Purple came together and sort of uh, took down their wall as like an act of good faith or something, which honestly is probably the best move for them considering the fact that Tubbo has nukes. Um, you can't really compete against that unless you get your own nukes, <laughs> and they're not going to do that. <laughs> so no, I think that that's probably what they're planning to do. They're planning to have a way to cause so much destruction. I think they're like, suggesting rebuilding the uh, grid from above near Lamanberg. Really? That was used on Doomsday. Or something like that. Uh, Foolish suggested flying machines with TNT. 
it's it's all the worst parts of Lamanberg dialed up to a hundred. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like so and again, this is like a post I saw recently, like um who is it? Uh Ruby Whistler. About like Lamanberg was never something made to protect people. It was made so that people would protect it. And I think mm -hmm. Las Nevadas is something similar. It doesn't exist yep. to protect people. It convinces people to protect it. From what little yeah. I've heard about it, it's kind of a freaking cult when you really think about it. Because everyone <laughs> everyone who lives there has come to this sort of agreement. It's like, I would die for this place. This is the only thing I have left. So I'm going yeah. to not... I'm not going to let anyone take it away from me, regardless of what that means for my well-being. And it's just... Everyone... Fundy... Quackity, Quackity said it multiple times where he's like, I will die for my country. My country's all I have. And it's just like, that's yeah. not healthy. And if anything, <laughs> I feel like that's the lesson he should have learned from Wilbur because Wilbur's whole thing was that this is, place is mine and if it's not going the way I want it and I don't think I can bring it. it Wilbur's whole thing was just like overbearing um, sort of sense of possession over it. And I think Quackity's getting a similar issue with like attaching himself mm. so mm. so closely to Lamanberg and or not sorry, not Lamanberg Las Nevadas Las with, Nevadas yeah with no um with no thought about the fact that like if this is this is not good for him <laughs> like he he's just <laughs> attaching his like entire personhood and identity to this place and if anything goes wrong with it I think he's he's going to blow up like Wilbur did I'm just waiting for it <laughs> the only problem is, is now he's creating a cult of other people who all think the same thing. Because Lamanberg, at least, people weren't... They were attached to it, but they weren't attached to it in the same way Wilbur is. But Quackity's mm. trying to build, like, mm. a group of people who think about Lost Nevadas the same way that he does. Which means that without it, you're nothing. And yeah. that's not okay. gonna end well. <laughs> Foolish. What are you doing there? That's true. You have your summer home that is being invaded <laughs> by literally everyone on the server. Bruh. I think Foolish is just a really interesting character. <laughs> like, I, I really like him. I was interested in from the first time he started, like, having a character. I mean, like, I did. It's definitely part of the fact that I do like, like, the content creator foolish Fair. um i got like streams like his youtube videos but i don't know like he's just really interesting and i think part of it like there's a few factors to it there's the fact that even though he's trying to be like more of a pacifist he's sort of considering like what stuff like lasanne berg although the whole timeline that for that is still funny um <laughs> like is not using violence actually the right way to go about things or is it necessary sometimes and it's sort of like this conflict he is going and the fact that he's like he interacts with people but he's still sort of isolated mm. i suppose is the mm. best way to put it like he's not especially close with anyone mm. And the most regular time people did come to, um, like the most he's interacted with people, the times when he's most interacted with other characters is 
either when he's building something for them or in the whole Sandberg conflict. That's true. You you said that for mostly pretty much everyone in Las Nevadas, Las Nevadas is the last thing they have. But Foolish, it's not the last thing Foolish has. It's not. Because Foolish still has his summer home. He still has all those mm -hmm. builds he did for the rest of the server. He still has stuff he can he stands for or stuff that'll be his legacy. So Las Nevadas isn't the last thing for him, but he he still I don't know how he acted because I haven't seen their streams, but from what I'm getting he still treats it as more important than say his friendship with Tubbo. Yeah. Or his friendship he... with Rambo. Mm -hmm. I think he kinda uh blew the goose, so to speak, um, with with that whole thing and how that went with uh, Tubbo and Rambu, specifically, you know, Quackity being like, he's the one who told me that you did this in the first, or that you had all this gunpowder in the first place. And Rambu was just kind of like heartbroken over it. He was just like, Fool foolish, really? Really, buddy? Like, I thought we I were think part of it is that I think he does kind of see it as like, it's just him helping out. Like, it's something he's done before. Like, he helped build the mansion. He helped build Kanoko Kingdom. And now he's helping Quackity build Las Nevada. So I don't think he sees it as, like, a personal thing. He doesn't. It's just, this is what he's doing now. But the things he did before did not directly, personally harm anyone he knew, right? No. Building a house isn't gonna hurt anyone. But telling... Be going through your friend's stuff telling uh telling their enemy at the moment that they have these things mentioning the missing nuke that tubbo told him in confidence Fool foolish is being real interesting lately with his morality as far as things go because isn't he also the one that was uh told quackity <laughs> and others that he's like i got this head from dream xd I can use it to, uh, you know, mess with Tommy, <laughs> and it's like Wilbur in Dream's head, and he's like, yeah, yeah I, can, I can use this to, like, he torment was saying, like, them, and I'm- Psychological warfare, and, like, as somebody was pointing out on Tumblr, how this he's isn't the first people. time he's done stuff like that. He doesn't use violence, but he will go after people mentally and just, like, casually, in a yeah. way that, like, you barely notice, like, killing Enderman around Ronaboo. <laughs> I didn't notice that. This is a very social way. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs> he is. In a very yeah, I mean, like, makes sense. I think that makes a bit more sense why he's on my favorite Dream, Dream SMP characters <laughs> list then. It's just, that's. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's actually, you know, like, that too with the Enderman stuff. Like, I knew he did it, but it was kind of always a bit. But when you think about the fact that, mm. like, assuming his character is doing it, like, just on purpose and stuff, like, Foolish, that's kind of fucked up, my dude. <laughs> You're just killing these like, kids, I think, like, law. I like, think a, an interesting way to look at him is he doesn't really have the same standards for what is right or wrong yeah. as other people do. Mm. Like, he's sort of gone, okay, violence is bad, hurting people is bad, and he's kind of trying to work with that. But he's still not fully getting how other things can harm people. Yeah. And like he's not getting how it could be seen as like him betraying Tubbo by telling 
the quackity about the gunpowder or the nukes or whatever. I think, like, part of the reason why this is such a shock to me is that he comes off as a really nice person. Mm -hmm. mm. And then you look at what he does now <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, he's not actually that nice. He's 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 nice compared to, like, other people because I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it really see Maybe it's just the whole I'm a god thing and I don't really get humans that I think seriously. he kind of just wants to be left alone. Like, he mm. just wants to be able to work on builds and not have people, like, try and start conflicts around him. Good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> really, really took that one well. So, he can, like, seem nice because, like, nobody, if nobody's, like, going against him or if he has no reason to go against anybody. Mm. But when he is involved in conflict, he becomes willing to be a lot more ruthless because that's what he's used to. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's what he knows Whoosh. from whatever past he has. Whoosh is a really interesting character. He's, uh... I, mean, I am excited to see sort of how he continues Lost in the Us. Because I, yeah. I honestly, I, like, I think, out of everyone, he's like the one character I don't... I think he's a Dungeons & Dragons player, which I think comes <laughs> through in the fact that he definitely has more of a backstory for his character than most of the other characters True. on the team SMP. Mm. He definitely has a backstory yeah. that seems to expand more like behind, before the SMP, than I think a lot of characters do. Because like... Phil mm -hmm. has one, so to speak, but it's also very much tied to the SMP because it's to like, it, yeah, it's letters from Wilbur mm -hmm. and his son and whatever he was doing in his heart. I think the difference is the other characters can have backstories as in things they did before they came to the SMP, but he's the only one who had character development before he came to the SMP, you know? Yeah. Mm. Or he's he's the only person, I think, that really talks about what he was doing before the SMP. Because, like, has anyone... That's also very true. And that's very, like, that's very Dungeons & Dragons player. Yeah. Other than Phil, has yeah. anyone on the SMP said, like, Puffy. well, before... Oh, yeah, Puffy's done a little bit, but we're still waiting on more of that. But, like, mm. other than... I like... mean, her whole thing is that she can't remember anything from before, That's so... True. Like, Rambu obviously and has... she hasn't done anything. ...something... Like, Rambu has something from before the SMP, but obviously he doesn't remember any of it, so mm -hmm. he doesn't care. And the only way that that really comes up is sort of like the ender walking thing and then his whole deal with like taking sides has something to do with yeah. something that happened to him but it's so like <laughs> what that is no one knows and he doesn't even know because he doesn't remember so it's not it's like a backstory but it's not really a backstory because it, it it affects him but we don't know anything about it but foolish has like foolish and uh, a little bit of puffy even though but she can't remember it like they have more like concrete sort of mm -hmm. Backstory, backstory, and like Phil. I mean, there definitely is like a split between like the season one characters who are all sort of just like. Season one developed. is their backstory. <laughs> like, very much like <laughs> Im improvised, came up with on the spot, like a Quackity's character has been to jail or something. I can't remember exactly. For 40 years. And all stuff made up on the spot because it was funny, like uh, the whole Fundy. Being Wilbur's son stuff. Yeah. And then after or that, when like, the roleplay was more established, you had people coming in with the goal of making characters. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And with like a set idea of what they, they want to do, I think 
I think Wilbur before that was the only person who came in specifically with the goal of I want to tell a story, I'm going to make a character for that. Yeah. And even then it wasn't like a very planned out character supposed to the best way. Like it wasn't like he had some elaborate backstory. It was mostly just like the same persona he does for a lot of his like the hundred players videos. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think, I think Rider Dream has mentioned that there was a he had a backstory for uh, Character Dream. Yeah, he has. Mm. He he said. That I definitely like the idea of Manhunt being the backstory, especially with Slime calling him Dream from Manhunt. Dream from Manhunt. Yeah. It's uh yeah I know I know Dream has said that his his he has a backstory for his character, but you, who the hell knows when we're gonna get that? Considering who this is and <laughs> that we were supposed to get a lore stream from him months ago, but uh yeah, <laughs> but like I'm trying to think, is there anyone? Call me from nowhere. Else? Cause who is there anybody else who's like been like yeah my uh, I am from here before I was here. I, I was mean here. Slime's character sort of, but he's a weird case because technically he's just kind of being born. Yeah, technically he's been mm. on the server the entire time. It's just that he he didn't have a full sort of body yet. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's so interesting though, cause like when Slime and Rambu meet, Slime says he didn't see Rambu at all, even though Rambu was there for the events he mentioned. And seeing. also the fact that Rambu can look Slime in the eye. Well, I think that's just because Slime isn't a person. He's a he's a Slime, <laughs> so it doesn't count. I mean, like it's interesting because we also know that he can look Dream in the eye from the disconfrontation thing where they were staring okay, at each other. Okay, but was that does that count though? Because that was Rambu, that was Enderboo, <laughs> that was and Enderboo. not yeah. So is I Enderboo mean, I figured that that it would be the, like the same thing. Maybe like because they're both. Hmm. Mm. I I always Actually, thought it was kind of Actually, didn't Rambu say that there were? And there was the thing where he looked puffy in the eyes and she couldn't move. <laughs> so I didn't know. I that still don't know what's Enderboo, up with that. Though. That was also Enderboo. That was so, also yeah. That might just um, be. Didn't didn't Rambu say when he noticed that he could uh, look at Slime in the eye that there were only two other people he could do that with? Yeah, one is Tubbo. I think. Who's the other? I don't know who the other is. I think I think one is Tubbo, though, because we've had a lot of clips, which are, like, lore-ish clips, where, because uh, someone posted afterwards on, uh, on like, Twitter um, being, like, oh... Uh, Rambu said he can look two people in the eye, and then it had him in like a, a clip from like a Tubbo stream and him making like dead eye contact. So I think Tubbo's <laughs> one of them, because I think I think that the whole point there is that he really really trusts Tubbo and that they are like mm. life partner, soulmatey type, mm. whatever. I also like the fact that um, he was like to Slime, he's like, oh, I hope he gets free well, which is just, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah, that's. I'm not gonna let anyone tell me what to do. I'm gonna go back to prison because mm. that's what Tommy told me to do. <laughs> but also, uh, Ron, be comparing Slime to like him when he was in the new Lamanberg and just letting people tell him what to do, mm. which I think is interesting. Yeah. It, it was interesting, actually. Um, one thing I noticed is that after talking with Slimesicle, uh, or Slime, whatever you want to call him, um, that Rambu seemed to focus more than I feel like I've ever heard him about how like well maybe I just don't understand because it's a human thing 
Mm, yeah. Where it's like, maybe... Is it because he was, like, introduced and was, like, talking to someone who's not human and that kind of made him think more about mm. his own understanding mm. of humanity? And so he was kind of like, well, I'm not really human either, so maybe that's why I don't understand why, like, Quackity's so upset or, like, why Tubbo is, mm. like, oh, yeah, taking definitely. this like this. It's like, maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just because I don't understand humanity and that's why it's confusing and it's distressing to me. Because I just don't understand it, and that I he was very much like that right after when he had that confrontation with Quackity, after that discussion oh, with yeah. Slime School. So I'm kind of curious if it's because he finally he like talked to someone who wasn't human at all mm. that he was kind of like, huh, maybe. And, and I don't know as much as I do. Yeah, and after seeing Slime School be like so confused about like how humanity works and like friendship and stuff like that, he was mm. like, huh. Maybe, maybe I'm, I, I recognize part of him, or me and him, but maybe I recognize sort of some of that same sort of confusion about how humans work in myself still. So, it was, mm. it was interesting. Yeah, like, I think part of the reason why Rambo was so confused with his argument with Quackity is that they were arguing about two different things, essentially. Quackity was arguing about security, and Rambo thought he, he was arguing about land, which is why he brings up the mm -hmm. pizza and the burger metaphor. Yeah. Which is, yeah, they were arguing about two different things there. And then he was also confused, I think partially because he brought that little sort of peace offering over to Quackity, not on behalf of him and Tubbo, but just on behalf of mm -hmm. him, because he thought that he just, he thought that Quackity didn't like him. And so he wanted to kind of be like, yo, I know we're not getting off on the greatest start here, but I want you to know that I like I am friendly and I want to like you know, be friends with you and mm. have a, a good working relationship sort of thing. And, uh, well, I mean, it's Quackity, so he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Quackity took it as <laughs> a you offering on behalf of, like, this is a... <laughs> like, Quackity is very much trying to keep this a factions thing a political thing right but yeah. rambu wants to keep wants to make it personal like between mm -hmm. him as a person and quackity as a person People and not between not sides yeah yeah rambu and his distaste for sides <laughs> it's always because when it's when it's a um when it's a conflict between sides the solution isn't as simple as everyone getting along. Right. And one of the things I think is interesting because uh, Rambo tweeted to add to like his character's list, uh, like the list of stuff he said about his character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one interesting thing that he said they noticed is the fact that in if he has to make a decision between like two sides or two people, he'll try and understand where everyone is coming from. But he's more likely once he does that, he'll choose whoever he has the most like emotional attachment to. Yeah, he's. I think the interesting thing about that is when we take into consideration the fact that we don't know much about the relationship between Ronbu and Dream, is we don't know if when Ronbu gets if Ender walking Ronbu with all his memories is gonna have maybe more be more attached to dream than to some other people that he knows like maybe tommy mm -hmm. and that could be very very interesting to see that, yeah that could definitely God, i i am so tired of him saying he hates dream <laughs> you don't he's have like everyone can change give everyone a chance <laughs> Except for Except Dream, Dream, he's just evil. Yeah. And like, you know, it gets so funny, because, like, dude, you barely talk to the guy. 
In fact, you haven't. Your interactions were like when you joined the server, which is like really not that should be canon at all. And also him That's throwing a book at you. Yeah, he threw a book at you and didn't pay any attention to you besides that. And like that is all you have to go on personally. Like everything else you know is just from other it's people. It happened to other people. Like why does Rambo have such a vendetta <laughs> against Dream when Dream ha- has I like think... nothing against him? <laughs> I think part of it is definitely the fact that he has only heard about Dream from other people. And like from you... what we've seen when he does, he does try and like talk to other people and try and see their mm. side. Mm. Yeah, but you think you think so. That I think as that if, someone who hasn't been personally hurt by Dream, he'd give Dream also, a chance. Also, <laughs> also the Dream voice, because I think that's another thing. Because yeah, um, Ranbu, it seems like a Dream interacting with him, even though it's not, and he knows that it's not. He knows it's just his own mind playing tricks on him, but yeah. it still creates a negative associ- association yeah. towards Dream with Dream in his mind. Yeah, because he just... associates Dream with th- him doing things that he doesn't want to admit to himself that he did. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting for. So all if Dream this is bad and evil and can never be right, <laughs> then it means that that voice also wasn't right, and he doesn't have to confront yeah. the things that he may have done. I do think yeah. it's very funny when he's just like. Uh, I think the only time I've agreed with him about that, like, that little comment that he makes is, like, I don't think that this person, or, like, ah, uh, everyone can change except this person, or, um, I think, like, everyone's good except this person. I think the only, or, like, I could get along with anybody except this person, and it's always Dream, he always is talking about Dream, (laughs) but I can kind of understand, because, like, I think a lot of it is that he's kind of like that dream voice in his head has nothing to do with actual dream but uh <laughs> i'm just waiting for the payoff yeah it's gonna be i'm gonna mm. be real amused it's gonna be it's gonna be the test of all ranbu apologists are you gonna stick by him or Dude. not <laughs> Rambu apologists are just so bad at characterizing Rambu. Hey, I'm a Rambu yeah, apologist. It's gonna, it's gonna become, it's gonna become. I'm talking about the other be, people. It's gonna be like you've got the Rambu apologists who are like bench to your apologists, and those are probably less likely to say Rambu apologist unless they justify it by keeping up with the whole like, oh, he's being mind controlled, oh, he's being That's manipulated thing, <sighs> instead of acknowledging like his actual character motivations. And then you're gonna have the Von apologists that also lean more towards being Technoblade or Dream apologists who are gonna be more like, yeah, you go, do crime. <laughs> Which is the type that I am. Like, he can blow up as much stuff as he wants. I will be cheering on for him. I'm just excited yeah. for when Enderboo's gonna take the reins because I know it's gonna happen at some point and it's, it's gonna, gonna have, be. I'm waiting. Yeah, from I what we've seen, he seems like a really fun character. And I, I just, those kind of characters who are very persuasive and smart about it. Those are really fun to watch, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Mm. For sure, for sure. Like I'm, j- you're you're completely right about how there's definitely overlap between Rambo apologist and bench, be bench. I don't like bench the name Benchu, but Benchu <laughs> apologists, because it's like when when they, because when you uh, 
look from their perspective when they look at Rambo, they an analyze they quote unquote analyze him and his motivations based off his relation with Tubbo and Tommy, and therefore they're gonna put more emphasis on his relationships with Tubbo and Tommy and put less emphasis on his relationships with other people or with his own motivation and experience. Like what what the, hell, what the hell happened to the whole dynamic between Rambo and Nikki? Because that was such a huge thing, uh, like at the start of his. Like when he first joined the S and P, yeah, yeah. And I think people seem to have mostly seem to have just like forgotten that. But like, it is so much opportunity to do cool stuff with that, especially with the old head cannon that they're siblings. Mm-hmm. Now that they're both in the mm. syndicate, like you could have so much fun with that. Yeah, mm. I think I don't know their relationship definitely like deteriorated, but I think it was because of Lamanberg. But now that Lamanberg's out of the picture, then. Right, like right. that was the reason that he he wasn't sure if he could trust Nikki anymore was because she burned down the Leman tree and didn't help fight at all. Not that he helped fight, but that like she burned it, like she actively participated in destroying it. And he was like, "What? That? Why would you? How could you do that? Like this is our home. Like this was people's house. How could you like help destroy Dude, it? Do you want? You said you were okay with a dirt shack. You have nothing. You don't care <laughs> about Lamanberg. You care that she made a decision and you couldn't." That, yeah, I think it was partially that, and, like, he doesn't care about Lamanberg, but he does care about, like, Tubbo, and he cares about Tommy, and he cares about the people there, and that was more, it, that was more the, the problem for him, was that she, mm-hmm. like, you know, she actively participated in destroying it, and, like, yeah, he couldn't make a decision himself, mm-hmm. but at least he didn't I think it would be really interesting if they talked about, about Wilbur, because... They both have very different mindsets on him, but also Nikki knows him far better. Because mm. mm. Ron See? met him like oh my once. God. Yeah, this is this is where better. the hypocrisy comes in even further. He has never met Wilbur personally. He has heard all the stuff about him. He has heard bad stuff about him. He's still willing to give Wilbur a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's willing mm-hmm. to give Wilbur a chance, even though he knows nothing about him. But I think that's partially because Phil is like, I think he's better, and so he's mm-hmm. he ha! he trusts Phil's judgment. Which honestly, don't trust Phil's judgment. Phil's great, but he's also <laughs> okay. Not but Phil's judgment also this. says that anyone can change. Yeah, and honestly, anyone mm-hmm. can change. The problem is, is that that doesn't mean they change for the better. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Phil they said. When Rambo, literally when Rambo's like, I don't think Dream can change, feels like, I think anyone can change, which is basically him I saying, think, I think Dream can change. Yeah. I think Phil is more saying, like, I don't think... Well, first of all, like, he has very little idea of how Wilbur changed between when he last saw him and when he died. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But I think he knows that he probably hasn't changed all that much while he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he, Phil is more saying, like, he has a chance to change now that he's alive again, and I want to give mm-hmm. him that opportunity. And then Ron Boo is taking it as he has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I love how, like, 90% of all the arguments on the Dream SMP <laughs> can be completely flipped on their heads when you apply different characters. To mm. the same arguments. You just it's swap out the names thing to do. and then your argument falls apart completely. Mm. Yeah. There's Especially since people can can be kind of hypocritical when it comes to their favorite characters. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. Like saying something that it, something is okay when their favorite character does it, but not when someone else does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
hypocrisy which is fine if it's like a personal <laughs> bias but if you're trying to analyze it you have to put that aside mm-hmm. yeah or at least try or at least when you're analyzing it be at least like put a note being like listen i'm trying my best here but i am a little biased this is just my opinion <laughs> like analysis is always filled yeah. with opinions because you're never going to be able to avoid an opinion mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff i think the best way in my eyes to try and take away bias is like directly reference the text don't just say yeah. x happened y happened because then there's more chance that your bias will cloud your memory yeah. or your interpretation like do you say this is what this character said then give your reason for why you think it was the truth backed like how is this what they said backed up by their actions and backed up by logic yes mm. Like, I, when I did uh, did the, my whole analysis of the whole let me be your vassal conversation, like that is what I did. Like oh, I yeah. looked at what Dream's character was saying and I go, okay, he could be lying his face off here. But let's look at the actual actions he was taking and see if those back up what he was saying. Or if they back up yeah. his later claims. Yeah, that's a much better way to do And in it. my eyes, his actions of helping out the rebellion the resistance or whatever it was called <laughs> pogtopia to me signaled that he was being truthful right yeah yeah no that's because even like um if you're interpreting text or like especially if you're just interpreting what someone said that is very easy to get biased because that's going to really depend on like yeah. what tone you read from it or how you like that's always going to be biased because at the end of the day it's your interpretation of it and so analysis is always going to be biased and have stuff like that because it's people's different interpretations the least bias you can get is by like it i don't know mm. there's not a way to make analysis unbiased it's just not possible because your view of the world and like your view of the character is gonna flavor how you look at things the thing is like the best you can do is try and think about it from other people's perspectives or from other points of view I think <laughs> I think an important thing again is to like a lot of posts that are meant to be analysis a lot of the time seem to be about someone's opinion on something mm. like it will be mm. going like X did this this is bad yeah instead of X did this yeah. this is why they did it yeah like you shouldn't be like you make separate posts for sh- talking about your opinions about stuff, but I think analysis should purely be about looking about what a character has done, why they might have done it, what they might do, what their relationship with a, d- a different character might be like. I'm trying to figure out more about the character based on that, and it might be a more critical or it might be more a positive view of the character, but instead yeah. of like saying this character did a thing that was bad let me look at why it was bad yeah. yeah like when you do analysis you you can't just look at this one section because you have to consider everything that's happening especially when you're trying to make predictions or theories like uh who mm. bombed the prison when patami visited well we have two people who weren't part of the plot that were online at the time foolish being online makes sense because he just ended stream but Rambu being online doesn't make sense. And if we take into the fact that he received a message from Dream not too long ago, that he has reason to be working with Dream or to try and help Dream, him bombing the prison 
make sense mm. under that context. Uh, anyway, in conclusion, uh, do better analysis. <laughs> uh, try and avoid bias as much as you can. Uh, reference <laughs> quotes from the stream. Uh, your little meow meow was a dictator. Accept that, etc. <laughs> Goodbye. Later. Bye. Well, thanks for listening to the seventh episode of Melhi, and we hope you enjoyed it. You can also find us on Twitter at Melhi Podcast, where you can ask us questions, suggest future topics. I just get updates about new episodes. See you next time.